Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to your second episode of Buzz Podcast for the week. I'm Trev Denny and I'm joined by Dave Hendrick. And we're going to do that writer's strike thing that happens every so often where you get an episode of your favorite TV show, which is just basically a greatest hits and a set sequence of flashbacks. We're going to do our lazy equivalent of that. We're going to do our top 10 favorite TV shows each. Because, of course, this is going to be the goal from which we pull an awful lot of our episodes going forward on what we hope is going to be a long-running and um, successful podcast. Uh, so that was, that's basically the breakdown of what we're going to do, Dave. I think that's fair enough assessment of where we found ourselves this week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much so. This was just a, a strange week with midweek game. You had travel. It's just, it's just been a busy week all around. And so as a result, we've decided to do this. Now, to give you a little bit of, you know, inside baseball chat, we've just, had a little conversation ourselves before we began recording uh, about how difficult this was. It seems like a simple concept. What are your favorite 10 TV shows? Uh, listen, I want to emphasize this at the start. Before you start sending in uh, emails to uh, the uh, owners of, of Anfield Index and our own professional employers saying that we should be fired because we're a terrible set of lads, <laughs> I want you to understand these are not the best TV shows we've ever seen. These are our favorite TV shows, and there can be many reasons for that. I know a lot of mine, at least four of mine, are entirely sentimental. Um, you know, not sentimental in a real cheesy way, but sentimental in terms of they meant something to me at the time, which uh, is goes beyond uh, uh, just, you know, them being good or bad. They had a, an impact on me for whatever reason, and that's basically where I go with my list. Is yours along the same lines, Dave, or have you gone for sort of objectively the best in your top ten? Um, a kind of a mix of both. It, it is more okay. favourites. I think some of them would unequivocally be in the ten best that I've seen without question. But there is a few there that I've stuck in that I, I know are not as good as some that I've left out. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to send in complaints, the official email address is a way to fuck. At gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. That's going to get, I think it's going to get a pound in that email address. Anyway, we'll get into this. And uh, listen, just before we start as well, just a little word of apology on my part. I have uh, one nostril that functions currently. I've got a s- seasonal bout of rhinitis. Uh, I thought I used to have hay fever. And then I noticed I was getting it in January. And that seems weird. Uh, <laughs> And then I realized, no, this is a year-round thing, Trev. Enjoy. So that's what's happening with me at the moment. And I didn't get to the uh, specific um, treatment that I use in time. So it's going to go on for a week or two until I get it under control. So apologies for the nasal sound of the voice here. But we will get started. Before we get to our top 10 lists, I said this was difficult. This is difficult because we are both big fans of TV. You may have noticed that uh, if you're, if you've been listening to previous podcasts, uh, we're both fans of the medium and therefore we see a lot of it and we've exposed ourselves to a lot of it and coming up at 10 was bloody impossible. So I have an honorable mentions list of shows that didn't make it onto my top 10 shows that are objectively wonderful uh, and, but aren't in my top 10 for various reasons. 
I'm going to start with one, and I'm going to go through them all, but the one I start with, I know, is probably going to be the one you have a reaction to. Then Dave's going to give his list of ones that didn't make, and I'll react to them. That'll be how we get the ball rolling here. So like I said, right from the start, you're going to hate us. Enjoy. Uh, the, top, the, the list of shows that didn't make it onto my top 10 list that I did, I do really like for various reasons. Because they're good, or because they have some sort of personal significance for me. Uh, Hannibal. Uh, Black Mirror. You're going to hate me for this. The Sopranos. Uh, Black Sails. Homeland. Sons of Anarchy. Peaky Blinders. And Ozark. They're the ones I went for that I really have enjoyed all of them for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't make my top 10. And I think objectively, probably The Sopranos is probably top two or three shows of all time. It's just I didn't get to it until recently and I still haven't finished it. So I would feel like a total charlatan putting it on my list so it's not on it. And there was my other ones. Your reaction to that list, sir? It's a strong list. It's a a diverse list as well. Um, Definitely a couple of them that I have on mine. I have a much longer list of honourable mentions. Um, when I started, I actually wrote down in total 37 shows that I was going to consider for my top 10 list. Right. Um, but there's a couple there on yours and, and I'm, I'm, I did watch The Sopranos at the time and it's not on my honorable mentions list, but it's also kind of not in my top 10 because I have a top 10 and then I have a small category category called i can't believe i didn't put these in my top 10 and then i have 23 honorable 24 honorable mentions excuse me <laughs> we'll crack on with the honorable mentions then. right so That's these true. are not in any order yeah. these are just as they came to my mind i i wrote everything down and i just started moving stuff onto a different page so i've got lie to me chicago fire chicago pd which i really enjoy watching because i just like having those episodic TV episodes where you don't need to think too much. The Shield, Hustle, Broadchurch, Black Books, Faulty Towers, Love Hate, Prison Break, specifically Season 1, Peaky Blinders, Line of Duty, Sherlock, Ozark, Breaking Bad, which I'm guessing will not be overly popular that it's not in my top 12, Dexter, The Newsroom, Boardwalk Empire, Homicide Life on the Street, Heartland, Frasier, Cheers, McLeod's Daughters, and Sons of Anarchy. Oh, two of yours are in my top ten. This is good. I like this. And a lot of crossover there, Mm. which shows that I I, I considered for my honorable mentions list. Uh, I won't mention the two that are in my top ten, but... Very, very taken with a few of those as well that really did come close. However, I, uh, the only thing that's coming out of this for me is I need to ask you a question. McLeod's Daughters, I don't know what that is. So um, it's a, it's an Australian show. It's set, and I, I'll watch anything set in Australia because I'm fascinated by the place having lived there and having had cousins that grew up there. And I've just always had this fascination with it. And there's a story I'll tell about my grandfather at some point in the future that just made me kind of has always given me this kinship with with the Aussies. McLeod's daughter is set on a a sheep slash cattle ranch and the father has died. It's his daughter and his adopt or his his kind of love child are left the farm and the love child lives in the city. One of the daughters has lived on the farm is loyal to the father, would have done anything for him, idolized him, never left, grew up, thought she was going to get the farm all by herself. The other daughter comes back, and it's basically just a story, these two girls trying to run this farm amid mockery from all of the men in the area who don't think women can run this thing. Myself and my missus watched it. I, I just loved watching it. It was something that we watched every night, so that's why it's on there. Heartland is kind of a Canadian show with a similar type of feel it, it they're just feel good shows there's just you know there's tough storylines in them and whatever else and they hit on all the the things that affect life but they're just they're not great shows like they're not they're, they're not going to make anybody's top 50 best shows ever but they're shows that i really like watching 
and the shows that have a, a kind of a strong sentimental pull to me. So that's why I have them on there. Do you remember way back before we started recording this podcast all of 10 minutes ago and you said to me, there's definitely going to be shows that I haven't thought of. There's definitely something that I've, I've left out. Mm. Uh, and I just heard you ream through those. And I never even considered Breaking Bad, which I love. Yeah. And I've never even considered, didn't even come into my head, the spin-off show from that, which is even better. Better Call Saul. Yeah. I've never, I've never even, even dreamt of it. <laughs> I wrote down Breaking Bad and I was like, it was, I was like, yeah, that's, it's definitely, if it was making a top 10 best, it's, it would probably have a very, very strong case. Yes. But I never even thought of Better Call Saul, which I haven't seen all of, admittedly. I think I've only seen the first two seasons of. So I have to, I want to restart that. Do I, I a lot of people recommend, recommend or a lot of people say it's, it's actually better than Breaking Bad. And I think that's a high bar to, to, to clear, but I'll definitely have to give that one a go. Yeah, I'm one of those campers who says that, and uh, yet I've managed to spectacularly omit both of them from my thinking earlier on. Give us a little bit of leeway here, folks. It was a Friday afternoon idea that we sort of just said, well, we definitely know enough about TV to be able to do something here. So uh, we're just being honest with you and showing you how to Yeah, we didn't want to spoof on a film that we hadn't watched, because like we could have done a film that we've both seen more than enough to talk about, but not seen in like a year or two. And that, yeah. that'd be cheating the audience, I think, because you'd be sort of recalling things half arsed and not, not giving enough real opinion and detail in the moment. Yeah. Not how we roll here. And uh, this is very much a generalized conversation. And like I say, we're showing you how the sausage is made here. We've obviously both uh, been embarrassed by things we've left out here. Uh, both of those shows we just mentioned would probably be in my top 10 best shows. And at least one of them mm-hmm. would be in my favorites, but not anymore, it seems. So I'm going to get the ball rolling here with my list of shows that did make it to my top 10. These are no particular order because that is just way too much thinking. Uh, and I'm going to start with my first show and then we'll get Dave's. We'll have like a mini reaction to each and we'll move along through this at a rate of knots unless there's something that really uh, requires uh, teasing out a little bit. So I'm going to begin with my first show, which I do recall watching at the time. I think it might well have been before your time in terms of watching it live as it happened maybe you've gone back to it since but for me twin peaks is a kind of a seminal tv watching experience i watched it at the time and you're i told you last week about when we were doing the show and we we're talking about nick cage about how uh that movie that uh from 1990 that he did with david lynch was hugely important to me in my I really like cinema. I think this might be a thing I'm very interested in, sort of uh, uh, evolution. Wild at Heart was the name of the movie. Mm. Here we've got Lynch doing TV, which, you know, most people thought they, they turn their nose up at the idea of an auteur doing television. This show just knocks it out of the park. It's incredible. It's Offbeat is not anywhere near close enough how to describe the general tone of the show. It's by turns utterly terrifying, comic, uh, unsettling, uh, thrilling. And I think some people found it flat out boring because they didn't buy into the general Lynchian aesthetic. For me, it's, it was just love at first sight. Uh, and every time I've gone back to it, I've gotten more from it as I, Watch more and more of Lynch's films. I became more and more um, taken with it. He did other TV series after this, which were also good and possibly should have gotten a mention here. But this is my one that I'm going with uh, because, like I say, it left a powerful impact on me and made me understand that television could be art too. I'm embarrassed to say I've actually never seen it. Well, there you go. Write that one down. Yeah. So I will be, I will be, uh, undertaking that mission. Um, is the, is the return, is it a good addition to the franchise? It was so sought after and so desired. And there was so much goodwill towards it that I think an awful lot of us maybe kind of fool ourselves into thinking it was better than it was. It's good. It is Mm. good. Uh, but, it cannot, does not, could, could never uh, rival the impact of the initial film and the spin-off movie Firewalk with Me, which is 
bloody intense. I mean, they're some of the most incredible characters ever. And uh, that original series for me is the one. What about your number, your first one of your 10? Right. So I'll just give you the two that I can't believe are not in my top 10. So the Sopranos is, the Sopranos is one of them. Right. I tried very hard to put the Sopranos in. And when I wrote my list out initially, I had this other one in. And then I realized I had to remove it or something else. And I decided to remove it. And that's only fools and horses. Okay. Which I adore. And I will rewatch until the end of time. I absolutely adore only fools and horses. I just think it's, it's one of the greatest comedies, maybe the greatest comedy ever written in my view. Other people will have other opinions and that's fine. This, unlike football, I'm willing to accept other opinions. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the Sopranos and Only Fools just, just miss out. So my first one that I'll give you is maybe my most unexpected, Downton Abbey. I love Downton Abbey. I absolutely adore it. I love everything about it. I love the writing. I love the cast. I love how it's portrayed. I love the the visual of the house and the pomp and the circumstance and the the way of life. I don't know. I do, I just love the show. And again, I've I think I've rewatched it three times. I only watched it for the first time, I think, in two thousand and eighteen, maybe two thousand nineteen. And I think I've watched it three times through, and I've enjoyed the films as well. So it's on my list because it's my favorite. Top ten, not the best top ten, but I think it. I think it would actually warrant conversation for the best as well, because the cast of it is incredible, and the the performances are absolutely phenomenal. Dude, I did not see that coming. I no. did not see that coming. And here's the thing about it, right? I didn't watch it. It was a thing my missus was into, my kid was into, and they were watching it together. I didn't watch it, uh, but then when I went back to watch it. Uh, with them, you know, there might be a Christmas special or whatever, or there was a film, I think, spin-off you mentioned as well. Mm. I found myself very taken with, fascinated by it. The, the actors are clearly a very impressive bunch, uh, and I, I can totally see where I could get hooked into it. And I think what I love about that uh, pick from you is that it's patently now one that uh, emphasizes what this show, this show here is about. These are about your favorite TV shows. You left out, you know, the, the two of the ones you, you openly admit you really love and they might make it into the best, but these are your favorites. And they, those two great shows didn't quite make it, whereas this one does. And for a fella who I think like myself is fairly steeped in the tradition of, um, you know, 800 years of oppression yeah. by a certain crew of, of terrible lads. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we, we do absolutely, we should have an innate horror. I've seen the depiction of, of that type of thing. Um, but like you, you can take a step back and look at it and say if something's really well done. And actually a huge part of it is the seeing the, 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 um, the class clash. That's uh, very interesting. I, I, I love that shit. I, 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 this is, we're off to a flyer here. I really do like that. Uh, and they could not be more contrasting either for being perfectly honest in terms of the type of shows. My next one on my list is unsurprising because we have dedicated an entire show to season four of this. And for me, it's the first season of True Detective. I am taking it as a one-off, a one-er, mm. and leaving on its, on its own um, uh, as a sort of a standalone piece, which, of course, you can do with each of the series. They aren't necessarily uh, needed to be seen side by side or uh connected in any way they should be seen as and can be seen as separate entities and that one for me uh, we've talked about it uh, in private conversations endlessly it's one of those shows that just honestly uh the impact of it uh on me as i watched it was so profound that it was one of the few shows that i went and watched again within a couple of months and i've since watched it uh like giving uh, an interval of a year or two and I'll, I'll watch it again and very much enjoy it again uh it's a combination i think of the writing uh the performances uh the the, the setting the tone of the show everything about it i loved um it, it was just the kind of show that had a certain energy that really appealed to me and touched off a few subjects that really uh I think were to the fore of my mind uh, as I was reading. It sort of coincided with a period in my life when I was reading an awful lot about how this world actually works. And to come across a character like Rust, who has this incredibly bleak worldview, very nihilistic, 
uh, kind of anti-natalist perception of the world. I didn't, I'm, I was way too old in the tooth to buy into that, like some sort of a mug and go, oh, Rust is so cool. In fact, I thought he was a bit of a twat, but I do love seeing characters like that and rationalizing out their uh, thought processes and enjoying it, disagreeing with seeing what's good about it. So it was a show I, I got a lot out of and continued to get a lot out of. Uh, that's my second one on my list. Feel free to just nod along and uh, say nothing, or if you've had to say about yourself, and then kick on with your it, it, it's next. Well, it, it obviously we we haven't done these in order, and I would assume if we were doing them one to ten, that would be very close to one for you. Yeah, it would, it would be very close to one for me as well. So I have it as well. So it's in my top ten. So if you want to go with number three. Oh, I love it. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I assume for most of the same reasons. And like yeah, you said, 100%. And, and yeah. like, like you said, if you take it as, take them all as just their own body of work and don't try and make them into a series, treat them as if they're a mini series or, you know, just a one off event. It as just a body of work. Everything about that show is incredible absolutely incredible and there's there's no reason to to try and you know pull at threads because you didn't like season two or you didn't like season three just look at season one watch season one and hush that's all you need to do (laughs) (laughs) yes indeed it is now you're not going to see this next one coming my third pick from my 10 uh, is a show called The Time Tunnel. Uh, and it is a show that captured my heart when I was a kid. Because let me just give you a bit of context here. If you're listening to this show and you don't know who the hell I am or Dave is, or maybe you know a little bit about us or whatever, uh, I am of the vintage that was born in 1973. And if you grew up in the 80s in Ireland when you were like in a TV watching age and you had a, a little bit of a brain in your head, you had precisely no choices. Some people had uh, BBC as well as RTE. Most people didn't. Um, some people then went on to expand to the wonderful horizons of having BBC One, BBC Two, UTV, which was Ulster Television, and two RTE channels, One and Two. That was eventually, you know, most people managed to get to that level in the 1990s. Mm. But when I, when I was a very young kid, obviously being older than dirt, I was kind of stuck with RT1 and whatever they would play in the evenings. And RT's budget seemed to stretch only to 1950s and 60s. And I shit you not, 1930s TV series. I used to watch things like Harold Lloyd, the silent comedian doing mad shit, hanging off buildings. I used to watch Flash Gordon, a very old 30s or 40s season. Things like F Troop, which is uh, a, a, a show about the, the cavalry. Uh, like These are the kind of things I used to watch. This is what RT had in its budget. But one of the gems that they had in, in their budget, and I'll come to a second one later on, is The Time Tunnel. It's a show, basically, a high-concept show. It was by a guy called Erwin Allen. It's a sci-fi show, obviously, made by Fox, 20th Century Fox. It went out on ABC between 66 and 67, and so like it's right in that wheelhouse where RTE can afford it. Uh, and basically, it did exactly what it said on the tin. The lads could go into this magically created uh, device called the Time Tunnel, and they would have various episodes and various encounters uh, engaging with massive events of the past. There's one episode about the Titanic. There's another one about Pearl Harbor. There's one about Krakatoa. Uh, Custer's in there, I think, as well, and the Alamo. It's absolutely outstanding. And for a young kid, like a kid who's, what would I have been probably when I was watching it, somewhere around 10 probably, it was mind-bending. I watched the uh, Planet of the Apes movies around the same time, and that, again, was mind-expanding. And I had one of those sort of odd little brains that liked to go there. So that's my one. Probably didn't see that one coming, Dave. No, and again, it's one I haven't seen. It's, it's one I know. It's one I know of. Uh, it's one I, I'm almost certain my mom has mentioned on multiple occasions um you're right though like when you when you mentioned growing up in ireland in the i I was born in 82 so i grew up in the 80s and into the 90s and you know in in navan where i where where we're both from 
in the town, you, you'd have a little bit better reception. So you could have your, you know, you'd have BBC One, BBC Two, UTV, which was our version of ITV, and you'd have Channel Four then eventually as well, RT One, RT Two, and you'd have good reception on those channels. If you were lucky enough to live in a certain part of town that had access to cable, you might have a bit of Eurosport, you might have Navin Community Television, <laughs> which was largely just just still images of, of news. But I used to spend my summers in Carlo, where my father's from, where his his family are, and you'd go down there and you'd be like, oh, such and such is on BBC at four o'clock, you'd put it on and it'd just be pure static. And this is like, this is like 92, 93. This isn't like in the eighties or the This is in the early nineties and it'd just be pure static. And you might get 10 seconds of what you wanted to watch and you'd just be sat there watching the static. So I, 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 while I didn't have the same experience as you had growing up in the late seventies and the early eighties, I did experience that in the late eighties and early nineties when I would go to more rural parts of the country. I can't even imagine what they were dealing with in like the back part of Roscommon or Leitrim or somewhere. There's just no television at all. It was just a lad sitting on top of the telly set with a stick back. Tell the story. <laughs> that's, that's your entertainment for tonight, lads. Uh, uh, right. So my next one that I'll go with then is Rescue Me. Uh, Dennis Leary. Oh, yes. Led Dennis Leary. Show. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just really like that show. Uh, it's got significant flaws. Dennis Leary himself might be a terrible set of lads, but I love that <laughs> show. I just, I, I, I can rewatch it. It's one of them where you can just, you can watch it in depth and you, you'll notice a number of different stories that are kind of told without being told, or you can just enjoy it for what it is. And it's a really good show. And, Leary, to his credit, um, he, he absolutely nails his role in that film, in that TV series as well. And it's about Irish Americans as well. So it does have that little kind of tug to the Irish side of it. But yeah, uh, Rescue Me is, is uh, top 10 favorites. Rescue Me has got to be there. That's a great shout. And another one that didn't even come into my reckoning today. I didn't think of it. Now that you bring it up, I remember watching it. I have quite fond memories of watching it as well. Uh, although actually the only standout memory I have of that show is a scene that was set in the canteen where uh, there's a really good looking dark haired girl who's one of the firefighters and uh, she's like obviously a bit tough bit of a ball breaker and uh, the lads are get, having their lunch or whatever and she just looks sort of like uh, with great disdain into the fridge and at the various condiments and stuff and basically says that everything that's in the fridge is going to give them cancer or kill them and I remember being deeply unsettled by this because it was at least three of the things that I like to eat <laughs> that's why which is why that's what uh, stayed with me from Rescue Me which is uh, quite ironic <laughs> my, my my fourth shout again very individual shout here and I have a whole load of comedies right a load of comedies you mentioned earlier on uh uh, only Fools and Horses, John Sullivan, what a writer. You're mm. so right. They're all brilliant, right? Uh, incredible stuff. I think you mentioned Faulty Towers as well. Another yeah, one. Yeah, Faulty's you know, on my, on my, uh, honorable mention list with, along with Black Books. They'd be my, my go-to English comedies. So I've got, as well, I, I, I knew I had to get a, I had to get a comedy in there. So, like, Cheers was in the reckoning course, mm. obviously, with me as well. And so, it came down to two shows. One is a show that I watch and have watched so much that I kind of know every episode. It's kind of a comfort blanket thing, which people are going to find really weird because it's pure comedy of embarrassment that really unsettles a lot of people in the way Curb Your Enthusiasm unsettles a lot of people. And Dave, I've just said the phrase Curb Your Enthusiasm and fucking realized I haven't put Curb Your Enthusiasm in my list. Jesus Christ, this is unbelievable. This is actually... This I'm was fi- hard. This is quite traumatic. I'm finding this traumatic, man. I'm, I'm finding this traumatic. People listening to this should take take an hour out of your day, whenever you've got a spare hour, and try and make a top ten list of your favorite TV shows. And write down a bunch of honorable mentions, and I guarantee you, when you read them to somebody else, they'll say, you missed this one, this one, this one, and this one. There's, 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 there's just been... So many great shows 
it is. It's really hard. It's hard to think of them all, and then it's it's not impossible to try and cut it down to ten. It down. Yeah, I'll, I just can't believe I missed that curb because when I when I grow up, I want to be Larry David. So that's just another thing that I I I, I, I this is remarkable. The show I was building up towards there when I had my uh, moment of of horror is Peep Show, and I cannot tell you how fond I am of that show. I love the characters, all of them. Uh, I, there's something eminently relate, relatable about aspects of each of them, whether it's uh, Mark's nerdiness and sort of uh, pent-up aggression uh, that, that, that barely ever finds any kind of vent because he's like this stiff upper lip uh, Brit stereotype, whether it's Jeremy and his sort of slacker attitude that's just incredibly solipsistic and self-interested or super hands and the side that all of us have which is a little bit you know wild unruly and frankly scary all of the characters in it are fantastic and even the minor characters that circulate around them i love that and it came down to that is a long build-up i apologize and the show that i think is the greatest piece of comedy that's ever been committed to television. And that is the season of Reeves and Mortimer called the smell of Reeves and Mortimer. There was a season before that, which is wonderful and incredibly uh, offbeat and uh, sort of jarring and massively unusual and all those kind of things. And you could see what the lads were. But by the second season where they do the smell of Reeves and Mortimer, this was stuff that I was taping and bringing back up to watch with my, my mates from college and saying, you need to watch this. Let's sit down. By the end of it, Dave, I we I have so many catchphrases uh, from that. There's a, a song in it by a, 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 a spoof band that they do called Mulligan and O'Hare, who are like every Irish trad duo you've ever seen in, in their in their turtlenecks. And I know that I know every lyric of those of that song, every word, every nuance. There are so many bits from that uh, series that are just genius, just absolutely off the wall mental stuff. It could not be more surreal at times, and yet it's always really funny. That's the thing about it. It's not like clever, clever. It's just incredibly daft, very surreal. But the best part about it is it's really funny and. I've always thought Vic was the genius, but as years have gone on, I can see that Bob is also a comedy genius. He's probably the funniest man living, if you ask me, Bob Mortimer. You go and you see him on things like, uh, what's the one about, it's not Whose Lines Anyway, that one, what's the one where they have to tell a story and uh, the others have to judge where it's true or false. Bob's stories are stuff of legend, absolute stuff of legend. So yeah, the smell of Reeves and Mortimer in a very roundabout way I got there eventually. That's number four for me. Do you know, it's a great show. It's a genuinely great show. It is, it is comedic genius. But as you were talking, the one thing that came to mind is we don't really have comedy double acts anymore like Reeves and Mortimer. No, it's like, a thing of the past, yeah. Like, we had the two Ronnies who were just brilliant together. We had Reeves and Mortimer. You could you could put Rick Mayle and Adrian Edmondson into that. You had French and Saunders. Uh, you had Fry and Laurie. Two genuine comedic geniuses coming together and it blending perfectly. And we don't get that anymore. And I feel like that's something that is missing from, like... There's been shows, obviously, with, like, say, Black Books, for example. You had uh, Bill Bailey and, of course, you have the great Dylan Moran, um, who, unfortunately for both of us, trumps us in, in terms of being one of Navin's more famous exports. But, like, they didn't have it. It wasn't a duo. They were just great in that show. But Rick and uh, Reeves and Mortimer, like, they did multiple different projects together. The two Ronnies did multiple different projects together. We don't get that anymore, and I think that's something that has been lost. Now, I think we've lost a lot with comedy now anyway. I, I would imagine it's it's a few years since I've seen that show. I would imagine if, if we were to rewatch it now, there's probably multiple moments that you'd go, oh, they'd never get away with that now. You couldn't say that now, because everybody just gets so offended about everything. And I think it's what we've done, unfortunately, is we've we've almost spoiled 
the world of comedy because everybody has to play everything too safe. I don't, I don't think that show gets made now, which is such a shame. And I think if they did make it to what's acceptable now, they'd probably, Ofcom would probably get inundated with complaints about it. It's such very a shame. Possi- yeah, very possibly. I, you know, that's the thing. You can go, people, things seem to lurch towards like extremes because obviously in the days of the real double acts where you had, you know, like the likes of Little and Large, mm. uh, Cannon and Ball, right? You had these guys who were, oh, let's just say mediocre at best, uh, a pale shadow of the likes of, uh, the, the, the geos you've mentioned. Uh, but you also had all these guys who were stand-ups and they were absolutely terrible lads. The lads who survive in the physical, um, form of, of Jim Davidson to this day. Yeah. And they did absolutely shocking stuff, racist, sexist, every sort of, uh, prejudice imaginable. And the, the worst thing, the most egregious part of it, Dave, they weren't fucking funny, right? No, That's they the weren't funny. That's the thing. And so obviously, to a correction to that sort of stuff is, is, it's much, is much appreciated. But if your comedy isn't either what Vic and Bob were, which is just de- delightfully surreal and offbeat or in some way transgressive that you feel a bit uncomfortable, I, I think that's a really important aspect to comedy. And yeah, uh, look, 100%. It, I, I'd like to throw and Wise into this conversation on the podcast. Oh, let's, well. let's do, let's do, yeah. <clears throat> they just deserve their, they deserve their flowers. But yeah, like you said, like there's, there's genuinely, like I put Roy Chubby Brown in that category with, with Jim Davidson as well. Like I, I wouldn't, wouldn't class him as funny. He was more about shock factor and, and that. And like, you know, we're well shot of people like, him and like, oh, like, like Jim Davidson, but people like Reeves and Mortimer, people like Morecambe and Wise, people like the two Ronnies, guys that just had that brilliant comedic value. They are, they are massively missed in, in today's offerings. For sure. And that was, I think, my number four. So where are you on the list now at number four? Number four, I will give you, uh, I mentioned Hugh Laurie. I will give you House. Oh. And a, yeah, I love House. I love the character of House. I love his portrayal of the character. I love that the reason they cast him was because he did such a convincing American accent that they thought he was an American and didn't realize he was English <laughs> until he turned up to actually uh, rehearse the scenes. Um, it's just like, first and foremost, it's, it's quite an, um, it's a really well written show. It's a very informative, almost educational show because they spent a fortune having an actual team of medical specialists on hand so that when they were talking about different illnesses and different things, there were people there that could tell them, yes, this is, this is acceptable. Don't say that because it's completely irrelevant. Like they were very careful with how they went about the portrayals of each different illness that House and his team were were there to uh, to diagnose but i also like the the rest of the cast as well i think it gave us um like robert sean leonard as wilson i just think is incredible uh jesse spencer uh, robert sean leonard as wilson as kind of the straight man to the the fiery nature of gregory house is great um jesse spencer is another one um he's the he was the lead in chicago fire for a long time Jennifer Morrison was in it. Olivia Wilde was in it. Omar Epps was in it. Like, it's just a really strong cast. And it's just a show that I've rewatched again three or four times. Cause I, it's just one of them where you can kind of throw on an episode and get back out of it. You know, you don't have to just continue to, to roll with it. Now, it could have been subconscious, but I'm going to absolutely uh, insist that you had done that on purpose because, of course, if people are listening carefully, they will have heard that you mentioned Hugh Laurie and you had just flagged up Fry and Laurie as part of the duos that we are sadly lacking uh, mm. today. So uh, congratulations on a wonderful segue there. We come to number five on our list. And again, I'm going back and proving that I am indeed a very old man. And the next one on my list of favorite shows, shows that impacted me in a very strong way, is The Incredible Hulk. Uh, it started in 1978. It starred Bill Bixby, 
uh, as Dr. David Banner and Lou Ferrigno, uh, who some of you may know from, as a King of Queens, I think he's in, uh, as the actual Hulk, a lad painted green and very muscly and wearing a pair of conveniently ripped trousers at the shorts level. There was also the uh, Jack McGee uh, detective, sort of a, a reporter guy who's going around uh, haunting poor old B- Bill Bixby as he goes from town to town uh, because the Hulk has wreaked carnage and he has to move. Um, I can't tell you how absolutely spirit shocking the intro sequence to this was to me as a boy. It was just to be exposed to high concept science fiction ideas like this that were a bit scary. Oh, Dave, this like this thing flattened me when I saw it. I couldn't believe it. In fact, you know, like I said, 78, uh, RT obviously really like screwed the pooch with the budget and went all out. And, and that's why we had to watch things from the 1930s because they actually had this relatively in a relatively timely fashion, because I was mm. still very young, so young, in fact, that my parents were very scared, wary of letting me watch it and didn't initially let me watch it. Uh, but I will never forget the intro sequence to that. It was incredibly powerful. There was this lovely sort of vaguely psycho-esque high-pitched music in the background. There was the transformation sequence, the eyes turning green, like I say, to, to use a Patrick Kavanagh expression, spirit shocking, exactly what it was to me. I didn't know where to put myself. I was so excited. Then you'd watch the show. It was comparatively pedestrian and it would revolve around, uh, Bruce, uh, uh, eventually turning into, uh, or sorry, Bruce, David Banner, eventually turning into, uh, the Hulk, uh, at a moment of high, uh, emotion, the anger was the thing that triggered it for him. And there's all this talk when you're a kid as well of gamma rays and stuff. And you're going, Oh, I like that. I think I saw that in a Marvel comic, which I, I was also a very much an early connoisseur of as well. So this thing just tied together so many threads for me. I just found it absolutely, uh, so exciting. And like I say, the show was quite pedestrian. He'd rumble into some town and there'd be some silly plot, like the A-team used to have a silly plot where you could get the lads into a garage, have them make a fucking truck of some sort, barge yeah. out the door and shoot everyone, but no one ever dies. That's, that was the A-team. Yes, that's, that's the genius of the A-team. We'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so the same thing would happen to Hulk. We'd have this convoluted plot. He has to help someone out. He gets into a spot of bother. Uh, slow motion sequences of him throwing shit around and doing sort of uh, muscle man moves, uh, going rawr. And uh, then he runs off into the distance so he can go somewhere quiet and change back. Um, having exploded into Hulk size without his crotch area coming uh, anywhere close to uh, the same level of expansion, which must be very disappointing for the Hulk that that area of him doesn't expand in like fashion because he's always just got like some tactical shorts left after his bursting out of his clothes scene. Anyway, look, there's silliness attached to it, of course, but then it ends with this incredibly haunting piano tune as Bill is hitchhiking to the next town because he's haunted by his life as the Hulk. It's a classic, Dave. I loved it. Yeah, that's a great shout. That's a proper good nostalgia shout. And it's, it's always like you watch it now and it, it obviously hasn't aged very well, but it's, it's still worth the rewatch. Oh, only because of, of what it meant at the time. Oh, yeah. It's pure have, nostalgia. You, you do have to put it in, you do have to put it in context. You're dead right. It hasn't aged well. <laughs> What's your next one on your list? Well, you, you preempted my next one. No way. Um, which is the A team. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> for, for the same reasons. Like, uh, as a, as a little kid, there was just nothing cooler than BA Baracus. There was nothing cooler. Yeah. And y- you had the little action figures that came out and all that. It used to be on here on a Friday. I remember. And, uh, it was something that I used to always watch when I was a little kid. There was, there's actually two that I'd throw in here into this same spot that I wouldn't be able to separate for the time. But I've rewatched the A team probably twice as, a, as an adult. Um, the other one I've only rewatched once and I must get to again, which would be MacGyver. Oh, which, yeah. Another 
just wonderfully silly show, but brilliant for that era. But like, as with the A team, where like they'd come bursting out of some garage, guns ablazing, nobody ever died. With MacGyver, he'd be stuck in a room with somebody, and they'd be like, "How are we going to get out of here?" And he'd go, "What have you got?" <laughs> well, I've got some chewing gum and a shoelace. Oh, that's grand. I can make a bomb out of that. And next thing, the door is blowing up. <laughs> Just wonderfully, like, of the time, as a kid, like, they're both, you know, mid-80s shows. I was, I was like, literal kid, you know, I was four and five watching these shows first. And again, you you know, my parents would be the same as yours were with The Incredible Hulk. Like, oh, that might be a bit too... You know, there's, there's people getting shot and things blowing up, but they, they'd let you watch it in the end because it was either that or face the, the oncoming tantrum that was going to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just, they were just brilliant films, brilliant TV shows. And you watch them back now and you're like, Oh God. But like, again, like they're just, when you put yourself, they allow you to travel back to that time. They allow you to sort of remember other things that you would have done in your childhood and stuff. And it was just, they're just fun. And to this day, they remain fun. Watching the A-Team to me, still enjoyable. Watching MacGyver to me, still enjoyable. So I'm going to put those two in there. That's great. I love both of those shows. Again, two shows, uh, two shows that meant a lot to me. Uh, yeah. And more sort of fairly high concept stuff in some ways. And also ent- entirely daft. Uh, uh, do, do you remember from, from that era, the amount of cars, uh, shows around like super vehicles, like so mm. Night Rider, you had Blue Thunder. Uh, which was about a, a, a fancy helicopter. Um, there was at least one other one that had some supercar or. There was. Or, there was another show about a helicopter as well. Was it Nightwing or something? No, no uh, Airwolf. Airwolf. Airwolf was the one. Yeah. There you go. So, like, yeah. these were all. And Chips. Do you remember Chips? Of course. Chips. Yeah. 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 John and Punch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like all of them entirely daft, but. Of their time and very entertaining for for young lads of our ilk at the time. Now I'm I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact we've hit the three quarters of an hour mark. And unless I'm mistaken, Dave, we are moving on to number six here now, right? Uh, one, two, three. No, we're moving on to number five. Wow. Yes, we may we may rattle through a few of these. We may probably have one or two the same. So hopefully we'll have one or two the same. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do then. Because I went, I went through Detective, Twin Peaks, Time Tunnel, The Incredible Hulk, and The Smell of Reeves and Mortimer. That's five for me. Oh, oh, I did. I had True Detective as well. You're right. So we are on to number six. Yeah, I, I had what? True Detective, A Team, House, Rescue Me, and Downton. So I had five as well. So yeah. So well, in, number six. In order to keep this to the time, what we're going to do then is we'll go six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. We will call out five shows each with a, a modicum of, of description. Uh, and then we can pick one from each other's list to talk about. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, that'll perfect. take us to the top of the hour. So perfect. the remaining, the remaining five shows on my list of 10 uh, that had very significance for different reasons are as follows. The Shield, which mm. I enjoyed so much. The character Vic Mackey will never leave me. Uh, I think he's a one-off creation. It's another show that I think it might struggle to be made even now, considering how recent it is. But I think it's a, just a, a, a tense, uh, absolutely thrilling, engaging te- piece of television. Loved it. That's one. The second of my last five is Frasier, uh, which is basically me and my kid watching a show together it was either going to be Frasier or The Simpsons and it seems a bit daft to not have included The Simpsons because The Simpsons was very much part of my kids upbringing and us together having the crack having catchphrases remembering scenes doing impressions all that kind of stuff Uh, and like we really enjoyed that but the one that really does kind of stick out is sitting on a couch 
or the kid climbing into bed and watching Frasier in the morning because it used to be on the morning when I'd be off during the summer because uh, I'm a layabout teacher. So I'm going to go with Frasier because I, I have great personal memories with it. And to be honest, I think the writing is fantastic. It's an interesting one because I know certain people, one of my best pals hates it with a passion and he seems to think that it's somehow too uh, pretentious or highbrow. And yeah, I'm going, lad, that's the whole point. They mock the fact that the two lads are pretentious mm. and highbrow. I think he's missed the whole point. I think he's missed the whole point. So the shield, Fraser, third of my five is Luther. I'm not even going to spend any time on this because Luther is just a thing that everybody should experience. Idris Elba at his finest. He is a super performer. It's a shame the Bond gig came too late because he would be a brilliant kind of transition to a different type of Bond. He would absolutely have the gravitas for it. But I love him as this uh, tweed coat wearing guy uh, who just will not use firearms if he can avoid it. Is just a brilliant detective. Just a good egg is John. Hard as nails. I love the fact that the Brits could make some uh, detective TV that was as hard-edged and as quirky as the usual British stuff. You know, there's so many Brit TVs we could mention, uh, TV shows we could mention that were really, especially their sci-fi, that were really sort of very, very good in terms of being high concept and challenging ideas and all the rest of it. This one, uh, in the detective genre vein, I think is kind of unique. So that's The Shield. That's Frasier. That's Luther. And I've got two left. And for my two, I am going to go with, oh God, this is difficult. Uh, you're not going to like this one and people are going to be shouting at me because it ended badly but again I have a very sentimental reason for picking this I enjoyed watching it as a piece of episodic TV that you watched every week before the era of box sets or streaming or binging Lost came in and I really just enjoyed it it had a lot of uh, um, hooks in it for me to hang my hat on yes it got a bit frustrating towards the end I think they were making it up as they went along if I'm being perfectly honest uh, and the last season's a bit of a mess but the first few seasons of that certainly the first two I found very very engaging and that opening one again I just remember watching with my missus with a pal of mine who we were living with at the time, who was sharing a house with us at the time. And we just, it was must see TV in a way that I don't really recall, uh, from between that and when I was a kid, where you'd wait for the next week mm. for the show to come around. And that leaves me one left, I think. And the one left would probably be unsurprising to people knowing the type of lad that I am, uh, interested in ideas, a bit nerdy. I'll go for the original Star Trek season, another RTE gem that was shown uh, on a regular basis on the local TV station, uh, despite the fact that it was ages old. Uh, that show by Gene Roddenberry has so many concepts, so many ideas, so many things that got me thinking, uh, Prime Directive and all the rest of it that I cannot tell you how much I love that show. Like, I mean, I, I love it on, in a way that I don't think I love any other television show because I was able to watch it from when I was very young and I can still watch it to this day and revel in the chemistry between the, the leads. Uh, still the storylines are amazing. I remember I used to have little action figures. I had little cards that we got from breakfast cereal. I think it was Weedabix at the time. I had posters. I had a little toy enterprise at all stages of my growing up. Star Trek was there. And at all stages of my adult life as a young man, Star Trek was there and it's still there that particular season. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Uh, so for me, that's the club I found myself in. That's my last five. So if you want to pick one of them to respond to or two, go ahead. Right. So I have, I have Frasier in my honorable mentions. I have, what was the first one you said? Uh, was it the shield? The shield, yeah. I have it in my honourable mentions as well. They're they're both all timer shows for me. Yeah, Luther. I'm embarrassed to say I completely forgot. There you go. Well, we both I completely forgot to put it in my list, but it would it would be it would be certainly in my honourable mentions without question. Luther's in, incredible. Um, Lost. Uh, 
I I I missed the lost buzz. I can't remember why, but I didn't watch the first season of Lost when everybody else watched it, and at the time it was far more difficult to find stuff to rewatch. Yeah, you know, so I kind of missed Lost. Well, then you um, missed the entire the whole point of it. You, you, that, yeah. I, I agree with you. So probably when you saw it, then it's like I don't see what the fuss is about. It was just it was just the nature of that like event TV. That's the that, thing. It, yeah. it was like it, it was must see. Everybody, pretty much everybody I knew was watching it, and I don't know why I wasn't. But yeah, absolutely can see that one. I was never a Trekkie. However, I'm currently watching the new Star Trek Discovery show. All right. And very much enjoying it. I'm already on season three. I only started it a few weeks ago. I'm watching it late at night when I can't sleep. And I'm very much enjoying it. Um, but I've, I, I never got into the, the early seasons, like the, the early, the original run of it. I never got into next generation or anything like that, but I am very much enjoying the, the discovery, um, take on it. And, and there's a news, there's a spinoff of it as well. Like, yeah, you see, there, 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 there's there's the universe world of today. Uh, Next Generation was something I did watch in college uh, with my mates uh, who were into science fiction, and we'd have a little bit of a chat about that. It was just something we watched, but it was, it was more popcorn entertainment or whatever. Mm. Uh, P- Picard was interesting, you know, uh, Worf was interesting. It was good, and, and they they paid tribute to the original series, but there's a magic about that original series that I can guarantee you, if I said to you, go and watch episode this one and this one, uh, you can get them a YouTube, whoever. I know that I'd be giving you good advice and that you'd be happy that that was uh, 35 or 40 minutes well spent. They are really, really good. Uh, and, and sort of the, the, the clincher for it is like, I, I never got into this universe stuff. Like, I watched an amount of the Marvel movies and then I just got spandexed out completely. Mm. And I don't want to watch the Mandalorian. I, do, I, I know I'm missing out on stuff that everybody else is watching. I just don't get, I'm like, stop just enough. Can we come up with a new idea? But I get that people love the expanding universes. So I've, I, I don't, I haven't seen any of this modern Star Trek stuff, but I guarantee you, man, that you will enjoy one or two of those original ones if you got a chance. And the first two movies as well have yeah. a certain something about them. What about again, your last again, I've five? Watched, I've watched the recent movies, but I've never seen the older ones. Um, right, my last five. I just for clarity, Yellowstone would be in my top ten, but I left it out because it's not it's not over yet. Right. So I didn't even put it in my honourable mentions because it's just not finished yet. So until it's a complete body of work, I'm just going to leave it out. Um, I have Band of Brothers. Yes. Which I, I again kind of like with. True Detective season one as, as just a body of work. I just think it's phenomenal. And like, I love the Pacific. I'm really enjoying Masters of the Air. The, the unfortunate thing for them is that they will always be compared to this and they shouldn't be because they just shouldn't. Band of Brothers is phenomenal. Like it is an absolute must for everybody to have seen. And it's one of those that you won't rewatch it like once a year or even once every two years. Cause it's, it's a bit of a heavy watch at times as well, but it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, my next one is one that I, I, I didn't watch when it was on because there was far too much hype around it, but I, I binge watched it with my missus a couple of years ago and we've rewatched it since. People hate the end of it, but there's no question that when this was on, this was the must see TV show, maybe ever. Is Game of Thrones. I think the first five seasons of it are maybe the best show ever made. The last two, last two or three, not so much. Like they very clearly rushed the last couple of series and I didn't like how it ended. But I, I love the show. I think it's phenomenal. I've got The West Wing, Aaron Sorkin. God, I just love it. I just love it. I love watching that show. I'll throw on any episode, but the first episode of that show is one of the best episodes of TV ever. And it's perfect Sorkin. The walk and talks, the cut scenes, the introduction of characters at certain points, the different storylines been intertwined. Again, the latter seasons are not as strong because Sorkin had been removed from the show. 
for issues in his per- personal life and the people that took over writing it simply not not anywhere close to the same standard but you know like Richard Schiff is one of my favorite actors and he is just phenomenal I we have a dog called Toby <laughs> after Toby from the West Wing um I'm not sure if knows that's who he's named after but that's who he's named after um so yeah the West Wing for me Oz I I love Oz I it is it is a hard hitting TV show it is Boundary pushing, it is probably outright shock factor in some scenes, but it is incredible. It's incredibly written. It's incredibly cast. You believe that these people are in a prison. You believe that these are a dreadful set of lads. And you've got all the differing gangs and, you know, groups that you'll find in any prison system all in one. It's brilliant. And the last one for me, which is probably a cliche, and I I believe this is the best show ever made, but it's also my favourite show, is The Wire. I love The Wire. Jesus will, Christ, it's on I my will, list. Yeah, I will rewatch The Wire over and over and over again, and every character like that gets a main kind of leading role, like like you mentioned, Bunk Morland early, earlier on. What a TV character. Just brilliant. That scene that you mentioned with him, I don't know if it was this show on this episode or the last episode that we did on the True Detective. I think it was the last one with True Detective uh, episode three. Bunk and Jimmy just <laughs> going in to, rep- to, to look at the crime scene. It's just so good. Omar is one of the great characters in TV history. Stringer Bell is brilliant. Marlow is brilliant. And then, you know, like there's just, there's other kind of secondary characters that are just phenomenal as well. The wire for me, there's just, there's no flaw in that show. There's just no flaw in it. So the wire for me is the last one. Oh God. So here's, I'm going to make an admission here uh, that I obviously misused my notes. And The Wire was the first one on my list. And I was wondering why I was having to go dip into my secondary list to come up with 10. And that's because I ignored The Wire. It shouldn't have been in the second half. It should have been the first show that I mentioned. And I got carried away with myself going on with uh, the chat about David Lynch's show. So I have to bump one out of mine and... It can be whichever of them. It doesn't really matter, but I'm going to bump out Lost because episodic TV is one thing, but the best television show ever made is another one. So I want to agree with you and have that in my top 10 as well. Mm. It was there and it is my favorite show ever. And it's also the best show ever, in my opinion. I know Steve talked about Oz there. Neither of us mentioned Prison Break, which other people love as well. It, it's, it's in my honorable mentions, but it, 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 the first couple of seasons are incredible. But you can tell, kind of with Lost, they're very similar shows. It, it was must-see TV as well. But they were written originally to be one, maybe two seasons of television. Yeah. And the ideas that they had well-formed are played out in the first couple of seasons. And after that, it does get weaker. And when I watched Lost, I kind of felt the same way about it that they sort of run out of real ideas that they'd properly thought through and were just sort of making it up as they go along. And I felt the same with Prison Break. Well, David Simon also created several other good shows that should yeah. prob- probably be on our list as well. But with The Wire, it's generational stuff. And, you know, uh, at various times, um, as I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, Am I a cross between Bunk and Jimmy? Uh, <laughs> it, it was a terrible uh, admission of where I was as a person. But nonetheless, uh, I, I, all the characters eminently relatable. You look at someone like Lester. What a character Lester yeah. is. Just, just endless good characters. Every one of them are great. It's brilliantly written. I love the way it's done with sort of themes for each of the five seasons. It's an absolute classic of all time. And it will, I tell you right now, be getting its own few uh, show. Oh yeah. We may actually do one on each of the five seasons. I think that would be a very good use of our time indeed. I do the, other, well. the, the other thing I want to say just before we wrap up is 
with the West Wing, I came to that very late. And so I can absolutely see what all the hype is about. It's incredibly watchable. The writing in those early seasons is very, very good. Like you say, Sorkin doing good work. But I came to it after I came to politics. And so it always stuck in my craw a little bit that they were trying to sort of lionize this democratic yeah. president. And I found it a little bit sort of, oh, God, they're always the good guys. and they're The only hard decisions they ever make are sort of like, well, this is the lesser of two evils kind of stuff. You never got to see the really grim side of the democratic uh, p- p- political machine. That's a quibble. It's very good television. And thank God you mentioned Game of Thrones, or I think we'd have been run out of town uh, because it's obviously so popular, so contemporary. And I'm going to admit to it now, I've only ever seen two episodes of season one and I haven't seen any of the rest of it. So therefore, it doesn't register with me. I'm glad you put it in there because like I say, there would be hate mail uh coming our way. Look, folks, we tried to do our best for you here to give you some uh listening uh, ear candy and also to give you some uh reasons to dislike us further or to have conversations amongst yourselves, as Dave suggested earlier on. Um, try to put your own list together. We're happy to engage with folks over on the Twitters. Don't be afraid to pipe up and say hello to us over there. But just don't uh, call us woke. Just don't, don't call, call us woke because we, we'll just block you immediately because that's the funniest thing in the world. Uh, also, uh, do follow the Buzz Podcast Twitter account if you're not doing that already. We want to build that up. We can't get enough momentum here. Maybe at some stage one of us will venture into the TikTok uh, hellhole and try to pr- promote the show on there as well we'll talk about this as we go along at the moment we're trying to get a body work put together hopefully you're enjoying it but that's it for another episode from myself Trev Denny from Dave Hendrick this is Buzz Podcast we'll be back with you next one is True Detective Episode 4 from Season 4 and we'll see you then Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>